my dear friend, thank you for tuning in and welcome to Faith FM's Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Fabiano Nionguru currently ministering at Meros Park Seventh-day Adventist Church as well as Sanai Adventist Church Company in Davern Park here in South Australia. And I'm delighted to be able to spend the next hour with you, our dear listener, wherever you're at, if you are in the car driving home or if you're already at home listening to us, welcome. This is the right station to be listening to. And uh, friends, let me just uh, uh, remind those who might be tuning in for the first time this week, to this draft time program that our theme has been the church, the family, and morality in a post-biblical world. However, the topic for today is how did Christ view illicit morality? That is an interesting question, and obviously we'll be delving uh, into that uh, soon. But, uh, you know, this week we've wrestled with questions that are centered uh, around this issue of um, uh, marriage, family uh, and the church and some of the uh, comp- complex issues that tends to uh, uh, I guess uh, come up now and then and how we respond to that from a biblical standpoint and so friends once again here at uh, uh, Faith FM we uh, believe that the Bible uh, is our guide and the Bible alone will give us answers and so today how did Christ view illicit morality is a topic and we'll look at uh, how Jesus uh, wrestled and dealt with or responded to uh, some of these complex uh, questions and uh, situations. But once again, this week, I'm delighted to be able to uh, journey together with uh, uh, Pastor Hugh Hinnan. Uh, and he's a regular on this radio program. And uh, he's a pastor, both at Trinity, uh, Seventh Adventist Church on the eastern side of Adelaide, as well as uh, uh, Grace Adventist Center there in Mosson Lakes at the Denison Center and if you happen to be anywhere uh, uh, across the country, if you happen to be anywhere nearby a Seventh-day Adventist church and there are many, uh, do come by and just say hello uh, fellowship with us and um, yeah, just inform them that you, you've you been listening to Faith FM and will be delighted to know that because obviously uh, it is good to be able to um, I hear that there are people who are listening to us and who are wanting to connect with us. So once again, welcome to this Faith FM program. This is the Draft Time uh, program, big Q&A. And uh, Pastor Hugh, how have you been? And yeah, how's your week? Yes, it's uh, been a very good week, actually, Fabiano. It's uh, it's great to be with you uh, again on the airwaves uh, yeah. today. And uh, yes, I've um, had a bit of a different week this week. Had a new experience. Okay. Nice to have new experiences. Although uh-huh. this one was not entirely nice because right. I had uh, a tooth extraction. Yes. <clears throat> I had one of my wisdom teeth removed, and so I sound, if I sound a little bit more foolish than usual today, it's because I've lost some wisdom. But uh, look, uh, this is the first time I've ever had that happen. Uh-huh. Uh, lose a tooth, tooth that is, and so uh, at my age, I think I've not done too badly. But but uh, that being said, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it certainly has been um, a very different sensation, shall yeah, I say, within yeah. within my mouth. Mm. Um, and so, thankfully, this this isn't going to air the and the same afternoon that I had my <laughs> tooth extracted because, of course, <laughs> uh, I would have been sounding very different. In fact, uh, afterwards, I went to the uh, supermarket <clears throat> uh, to right. to grab some things, you know, some soft foods and yes. some medication, and. Um, 
you know, sometimes we judge people by their appearances, and I got the distinct impression that I was being treated like someone with a certain kind of disability, and I was disabled. Right. I was unable to <laughs> properly smile. I was unable to properly speak. Yes. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, very different uh, uh uh, I guess reflection on the week that's that's been, and um, certainly have a, a greater uh, appreciation of those who are going through pain, or those who are going mm. through uh, uh, difficulties, or feeling uh, temporarily or even permanently disabled to some degree. Not not trying to suggest in any way that uh, <laughs> that uh, what what I went through is like uh, like them, but yeah. uh, but uh, gives you a new appreciation. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. how's your week been? Been been a good week? Yeah, no, it's been a good week and uh, a busy one. Um, we. Uh, into our second week of uh, Secrets of Prophecy seminars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, originally we were going to be running these on a Monday, but now we are running these on a Wednesday. Wednesday is oh, uh, 7 right. p.m. And so if you happen to be uh, anywhere nearby uh, Melrose Park uh, areas uh, here in South Australia, yeah, do come by uh, the Seventh-day Adventist Church there at uh, 7 p.m. and join us for mm-hmm. a, uh, a uh, an exciting, in-depth Bible study uh, on prophecies and their relevance for today. And I know that you are also running yes, a, a, that's true. A, a, a prophecy seminar yes. uh, at uh, the, at Grace. Is that correct? Uh, at Faith, yes, that's faith. right. Yes, ah, faith. Uh, yes. That's right. <laughs> no, we're still a gracious people, absolutely. <laughs> but no, at Faith Adventist Centre. So if you're on yes. the other side of town, there on the northern side of uh, Adelaide, and you'd like to find uh, a place to also delve deep into the into the secrets of prophecy and uh, into the into the depths of knowledge that only God can exp- ex- uh, expose and explain, right. uh, then by all means, uh, come along to the Denison Centre. Yes. At uh, Mawson Lakes uh, every Saturday at 10 a.m. And yeah, we'd yeah. love to see you there. Hi, that's wonderful. And uh, for our listeners, um, today we do have a wonderful free giveaway, The Radical Teachings of Jesus by Derek Moss, Morris. Uh, so please do stay with us. I'll let you know how to get a copy of this uh, uh, book. Uh, and uh, friends, today we have uh, once again another interesting uh, update uh, in news. Um a pastor by the name of Jack Hibbs uh, in the U.S. Uh, has uh, said some quite interesting stuff. And uh, here I'm picking, I'm picking this up from the Christian headlines, and uh, I'll quote his words. When the pulpit wavers, the congregation wavers. When the congregation wavers, then the community wavers, he added. Then evil fills the void. Then you wonder why in California there is a new majority that we have to deal with that constantly throws us against our faith, our freedom, our worship, uh, of worship together to gather together. All right. And obviously he uh, was uh, speaking to um, a family research council that was meeting uh, to vote on some important uh, matters. And, uh, you know, there was some discussions regarding uh, uh, Christians and the politicians and how Christians uh, need, need to stand up uh, to uh, their convictions and their beliefs and how actually, uh, in his view, uh, he believes that even pastors should be politicians, you know, so that way they can stand up for some of these things. Uh, quite interesting uh, statements that he was bringing out. Uh, and uh, this uh, comes at a time where, uh, yeah, the, the Christian church is challenged on many points uh, today. And yeah, quite an interesting state, uh, his, uh, observation there. So he's pretty much saying uh, in his uh, speech that um, the silence of the church 
Uh, and in particular here, obviously he's speaking about the American church, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, the same goes to, uh, the Australian church. Uh, he's saying that, um, the silence of the church, uh, is, uh, somehow responsible for the post Christian beliefs. So he believes that, uh, the church should be standing up and should be speaking up, uh, for, um, uh, for, for, for things that are, uh, uh, not right. In another, uh, statement of his, he says, everything that you do as a human being and as an American, obviously he's addressing Americans, is based in the scripture. There is no place to set both aside. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach this gospel, uh, the good news. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Let Let's admit it, our nation is a nation of sin and we also are sinners, he asserted. And so we could go much deeper into the discussion and the debate, but uh, in a nutshell, he's pretty much saying, hey, we are living in this in, in a world that is now full of sin. Uh, things are worse than before and we as Christians should stand up. Just on that thought, uh, Pastor Hugh, uh, Truly, things are changing rapidly in the in in the post-modern world. Um, do you believe there's a time when Christians need need to uh, stand up and voice uh, their opinions? Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, uh, our society is very much uh, uh, founded upon a Judeo-Christian legacy right. and heritage, and uh, that's one from which has sprung the democratic freedoms and rights that we have today. And so, right. yeah, when you consider that uh, every single one of us, therefore, is uh, is very much a uh, a free citizen uh, yeah. of a democracy, we have every right uh, to speak up and to be heard on on any given topic. Mm. Uh, as to what people will do with that, that's up to them. Um, I think uh, by the same token, we need to speak in a way that is uh, respectful, uh, one that is uh, going to add positively and uh, significantly uh, a great contribution to the public discourse. Mm. And, um, and and this is really in keeping with what God's word says, because yeah. God word God's word makes it very clear that we are to speak up, you know, to stand up and to speak right. out. Uh, I'm reminded of a particular proverb, in fact, in the book of Proverbs in the Bible that that does say that exact thing that says okay. you know, to stand up and speak out. And what it says next is really interesting. It says on behalf of the speechless, <clears throat> on right. behalf of those who are uh, the needy okay. uh, and those who cannot defend themselves or the right. defenseless. Yes. Um, I think many a time we make a mistake of reacting yes. uh, against those who would act against us. Right. Uh, I think many a time what we saw uh, in Scripture with the, the great heroes of the faith uh-huh. um, and uh, certainly with Christ himself, yes. is that rather than give in to the instinctive reaction to right. attack those who attack us, right. I mean, Jesus himself spoke about you know, turning the other cheek, <laughs> um, Rather, uh, their their example to us was to stand up for third parties yes. who were being attacked, harangued, accused, uh, persecuted, uh, particularly those who were in a position where they were unable to speak up for themselves. Right. Uh, and so it's uh, very incumbent upon us, I, th- I believe, uh, to, yes, have a voice uh, within society, um, each one of us, uh, and to use that voice to speak up on behalf of others. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's very important. Um, now, 
case anyone's listening or they just tuned in, they, they think I'm making a political statement about <laughs> um, uh, the current debate that's happening about uh-huh. the voice. Yes. Um, that's not what we're talking about <laughs> during, during this broadcast. It's just, <laughs> right. just uh, the choice of words that I, I made yes, just now. Yes. But it's really an answer to your question about right. you know, should Christians speak up in the public uh, arena? Yeah. And I believe we have every right to, but I think we also have uh, a responsibility to do so and to do so in a way that uh, projects and uh, provides you know the, the character uh, and uh, and really the the love and the yeah. grace of Jesus uh, to our society which is so often lacking in the in the highly polarized mm. societal world in which we're living at the moment yeah uh, if I think one of the great hallmarks uh-huh. going back to uh, the values that I think we've begun to lose in great measure okay. in today's world one of the hallmarks of going back to Christian values will be Christian character right. uh, within the way that we discuss things with each other within the public sphere. Yeah. Now, obviously, when the topics are sensitive, uh, you can run uh, two risks. One is if you don't speak up, you'll be uh, regarded as if you're supportive mm-hmm. by some, by some. Uh, and um, and uh, you may not be doing this exact thing, which we are just talking about right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, by uh, remaining silent, that might not help. But on, a, on, on the other uh, hand, uh, if you do speak up as well, well, some may also say, well, you're being judgmental. So I, I, I've always realized that actually you run the risk of either uh, uh, being regarded as to uh, as weak or, or as supportive mm-hmm. indirectly, mm-hmm. or you're being judgmental and, you know, simply because you are taking a position and you're speaking speaking your mind, uh, you know, based on what you are convicted to be right. So um, sometimes it can be very difficult. Uh, what should we do? Um, obviously, based on what you're saying is that mm. we need to be able to speak up based on our convictions, obviously in the right context, in a loving manner. But at times it is not easy, right? Because mm. uh, by you speaking up, <laughs> you may be regarded as either you, uh, yeah, being judgmental, you're not, you're not loving, you're not... Tolerating, we spoke about tolerance last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes, it's a tightrope, isn't it? Yeah. uh, That we walk. And look, this is not just true when it comes to, you know, talking in in the public space or in the the marketplace of ideas. Uh It's also true, uh, I believe, in the most important conversations we have in our lives. And what do I mean by that? Surely these are the most important conversations we're talking about. No, actually, the most important conversations Uh that any of us can have uh, are with those that, that are closest to us in our lives. Mm. Uh, it's with our family members, it's yeah. with our church family, it's with uh, loved ones, it's with those who are vulnerable and, and need to be encouraged and need yeah. to be uh, uh, assisted yes. uh, and or just simply need to be listened to. Mm. Uh, so these are the most important conversations we can have and the most important of all, of course, yeah. <clears throat> is to pour out our heart uh, to God, but also by equal measure to pour out our heart to God on behalf of others, uh, to intercede for others and on their behalf in prayer. Uh, and in the process of that, I think we begin to get a, a deeper, more empathetic uh, understanding of what other people are going through as well. Uh, and so uh, uh, I, I think too often we shoot from the hip when really we need to be uh, uh, carefully constructing what we're saying uh, from the heart. And so, uh, yes, I, I think that uh, we all need to speak up. And so, yeah, great question that you've asked there, really, Fabiano. I think all of us do need to speak up, but to speak up in a way that uh, will benefit uh, and bring grace 
uh, to the ears of our listeners. You know, I'm reminded of a verse that says exactly that. <clears throat> in fact, the Apostle Paul said something uh, remarkably similar uh, when he said this in Ephesians chapter 4. So in Ephesians chapter 4, he said that... Uh, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Uh, and I'm just waiting for the soundtrack. No, it's not there. Uh, but <laughs> only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. The King James puts it this way. It says uh, that it may bring, or, or bring grace uh, to our listeners. Right, um, right. And so, uh, you know, do we want others to be recipients of God's grace? Well, maybe it begins with the, the gracious way that we speak with them. Uh, having, having spent that time with God, we can then spend time with others in a way that brings the Spirit of God and His grace to them. Thank you so much. Now, let's, uh, just, uh, come to a short break and, uh, Make sure that all the systems are working and everything is in the, in the right order. So hopefully there'll be less, um, interruptions there by, uh, the music on the, uh, playlist. Uh, and, uh, immediately after the break, we will come into the, uh, subject and the topic of today. How do, how did Christ view illicit morality? Uh, so friends, please stay with us and, uh, we'll be right back. So here's the song, as surely as the dawn by uh, emu music so please enjoy and please stay with us we'll be right back
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Draft Time Big Q&A with Fabiano Nyonghuru as well as Hugh Heenan. And Hugh Heenan is our co-host for today. And he'll be speaking to us on the topic, uh, how did Christ view illicit morality? This is under the theme of uh, uh, the church, the family, and morality in a post-biblical world. Without further ado, let me just uh, remind our listeners that you can actually get in touch with us. You can connect with us. You can send a prayer request by uh, texting uh, uh, the number 04888880811. So that is 04888880811. So thank you for tuning in. But let me turn to uh, Hugh. And before I ask him a question, let's, let's have a short word of prayer. Uh, because we are about to study from God's word and we need the Holy Spirit to help us understand uh, what we are about to learn. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Thank you for this wonderful time uh, that we could actually spend with Pastor Hugh as we learn from your word. Father, we pray that uh, you may help us uh, learn from what he's about to share. And uh, we pray that you may also use him uh, to share a message that is timely. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So once again, yeah, Pastor Hugh, um, how did Jesus uh, view illicit uh, morality? What are your thoughts? You look, uh, you won't find anyone, uh, in the history of mankind, uh, anyone throughout all the, uh, the ages who has been uh, a more moral, upstanding person, uh, right. than Jesus. Right. Um, and so, oftentimes when we think of someone who's very moral and very upstanding, uh-huh. um, and, and I say this from the point of view of, of a fellow human being, that, that all of us, uh, at some point or other, we can start to feel a little inadequate. Yes. Around someone like that. Um, we can start to feel like maybe we need to take them down a pig or two because, hey, yeah. look, they, they're so moral, they're so upstanding, uh, that uh, surely there must be some dirt on them, you know, mm. because uh, at the very least it will make me feel better <laughs> if there is. Uh, but, yeah. but the truth of the matter is, of course, Jesus was a very moral man. Uh, and, uh, in fact, he was, uh, uh, you know, f- from uh, the, the witness of Scripture and uh, his own witness, really, uh, he was the paragon of virtue. virtue. He was the one who, had, who is God himself, who'd become man, become one one with us, and all from the point of view of, yes, teaching us and, and exemplifying for us and demonstrating to us uh, the the virtues and the benefits of those virtues that are really in keeping with the character of God, you know, a, a very moral way to live. Mm. And yet at the same time, was someone who was deeply compassionate. Now, those two things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. And, and so often in today's world, we act as if they are. Right. We, we tend to think that, uh, or, or at least in, uh, in much of what we hear within society these days, yes. you're either someone who's going to be um, uh, very much about the rule of law, right. and we've got to uh, you know, put people in prison and throw away the key. <laughs> or, or on the other <laughs> side of the equation, we're saying, well, no, actually we need to be compassionate and caring yeah. and rehabilitate people. Yes, yes. And, and it, I find it a very strange mm. uh, dichotomy that we've, we've um, very artificially built up right. uh, within society today. Yes. Um, and in fact, we've even made whole political parties out of this to some right. extent, in terms of yeah. policies that yeah. exist in society today. Uh-huh. But moving away from politics for a second there, okay. I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that these two things do not need to be diametrically opposed because, sure. quite frankly, they are not. <clears throat> they okay. are actually two sides of the one and the same coin. Right. Um, you, you can uh, want to... Uh, you can want to love someone and help them out of where they are, uh, as as well as wanting to uh, help them to do what's right. Wonderful. You know, the two the two actually harmonise together beautifully, okay. um, you know, and one supports the other. So, in saying all of that, 
it shouldn't surprise us then that when we consider, you know, how does Jesus view or how did Jesus look at and speak about morality, that we see time and again that Jesus united those two things together. He united together uh, the whole idea of helping people to do what's right, but also helping them up out of the place where they'd found themselves for. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, I want to share with us perhaps a, a story today that I think is is very reminiscent of this. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it's actually a story that that occurred uh, at really at the the earliest point of the day, um, and it's an interesting way to start the day. But <laughs> but basically, what what happened was that uh-huh. uh, it was just before dawn, or just as dawn was taking place, and a whole series of students were setting themselves up uh, in a circle around a teacher, and he was teaching outside, <clears throat> and and you know they loved the fact that he used to, that he would uh, teach outside. Right. Uh, and uh, they, they love the fact that I think really it's an example to us of because uh, when you're teaching outside and you hold a class outside, uh-huh. um, you know, y- no one's on the outer. Everybody's in. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no, no, well, I made it into class and, you know, the door was shut on you. No, yeah. there's no such yeah. thing as that. Mm. So this is a teacher who really from the outset understands the power and the importance uh, of, uh, Inclusion, yes. and of everybody being included and nobody missing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as usual, the class was really packed, even though it was first thing in the morning. As um, and as everyone is there, no one's on the outer. Everyone's in that circle. As the students gather around, the teacher sits down. He starts to speak, and suddenly, there's this great commotion. Right. You know, perhaps some wailing, certainly a lot of uh, remonstrating, uh, loud voices, uh, a whole lot of uh, movement going on, a lot of commotion. And, and so what was happening was that uh, to the amazement of others there, uh, some other teachers, <clears throat> perhaps jealous of, of this one's popularity, were pushing uh-huh. their way through the crowd right, right. towards the front. Uh, and again, everyone was so shocked because there with them mm. uh, was a woman in a state of near undress. Wow. Um, and they... When they reached the front, the place where ordinarily everyone would want to be, uh-huh. they pushed her forward, they thrust her down to the ground, and under the gaze of that staring crowd, mm. they pointed the finger at the teacher. Yeah. I can only imagine, by the way, this is, we, we don't know if they did this or not, <laughs> but, but certainly they were, they were very pointed towards him. They said, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Ooh. In the law, Moses commands us to stone such a one. Now, what do you say? Mm. Now, many will recognize this story. If you know your Bible well, um, then this is a story that's taken straight from the Gospel of John. Right. Uh, John chapter 1 all the way through to verse uh, 11. Uh-huh. And uh, so this is a, a very famous story in actual fact. And the, in this story, the teacher is Jesus. Uh, and, and the open classroom is just outside of the temple. So right. this is all occurring in, the, in the, really what was the cultural uh, and uh, religious and political nerve center of Jerusalem and of the nation. Okay. And so uh, there with him, the students that were present with him were really the crowd. They're pressing in uh, to hear even just a word from Jesus uh, in that setting. Uh, And the other teachers are the scribes and the Pharisees. They're the religious leaders of the church of the day. They're they're intent on really upstaging and sabotaging Jesus Mm. uh, with uh, the the stunt that they've actually pulled here with what really is a politically and a religiously dangerous powder keg of a question. And to us, we sort of think, well, it's just a moral question, isn't it? (laughs) But every moral question within the broken realms of society today, as much as it was back then in first century Judea, Uh in today's world in the 21st century, we're we're living in a time and a place where moral questions are used mm. to pigeonhole people, yes, or they yes. are used to, to to berate and batter people, right. and by both ends of the spectrum, right? 
Let's 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 not be yeah. naive about this. That's right. Uh, and uh, and they they're used for uh, for a sometimes a hidden agenda, agenda sometimes for a very clear and open one. Yes. Um, whatever the case may be. Uh, now we might think, well, um, how is that true in this setting? Back in Jesus' time, well, yeah. really, what they were asking was they were trying to trap Jesus. Okay. Um, so here's this woman who was trapped before dawn yeah. by these men, who had used her as a tool and a pawn in their game to actually trap Jesus. Mm. And uh, and so just as dawn has taken place, they're endeavouring to to accuse and uh, right. uh, and make no mistake. Uh, it wasn't so much an accusation aimed at the woman. Yes. It was aimed at Jesus. Yes. Because the question essentially was saying, let me repeat it again. They said, huh? this woman, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. Right. In the law, Moses commands us to stone such a one. Now, what do you say? <clears throat> now, you could almost imagine this being asked on national television today, couldn't you? Yes. You know, in, in the law, well, according to, you know, your, your manifesto, <laughs> you know, this is what it says. So what do you say about that? Uh-huh. Um, and so using it as a test case. But, Here's why it was so dangerous a question. <clears throat> because if he said no, she shouldn't be stoned. Um, oh, yeah. Then, then he was essentially, you know, he'd be considered disloyal yeah. you know, to, to the law of Moses uh, and also to the law of God. Because right. God had said, you shall not commit adultery. adultery you know, you, yeah. sh- you shan't take you know, um, the relationship and, and the most intimate parts of a relationship you know, yes. that have been, that are a part of uniting your lives together as one, as husband and wife, uh, that are used to uh, bring joy to, to your lives together, but also to procreate, also to right. form a family and to bring life mm. where, where there wasn't so much before. Yeah. Now there's more life than there was before. Correct. And to use that to bring death to the family, mm. essentially, you know, to, to yeah. really divide yeah. and, yeah. and, uh, uh, and, and take it down. Um, and, and so if he had said, uh, no, right. she shouldn't be stoned, then he'd be showing himself disloyal. And, and everyone around them or around him would have considered, well, you know, why would I ever want to listen to him again? Mm. You know, uh, this is someone who destroys families. Correct. You know, he, he yeah. tears them apart. Um, this is a sin, really, that's deserving of the of, of death, at least of the death of the relationship Wow. Uh, yeah. in, in the mind of many mm. uh, at that time. Uh, but if he'd said yes... Um, uh, if he said yes, that she needs to be stoned, uh-huh. um, then he was going to be disloyal to the laws of Caesar, right. which forbade them really um, to exercise capital punishment by the Jews. And so he would wow. become a threat to the state uh, in that scenario. Mm. So either way, he was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. Huh. And you just spoke a moment ago about, you know, should we speak up? Exactly. Sometimes it's dangerous to speak up. Mm. But I want you to notice how Jesus speaks up. Now, if he wanted to, yeah. I think this is really instructive for us who live in the 21st century today, right. who, who uh, are surrounded by and uh, at times um, uh, in the crosshairs yeah. of vexed questions like this, mm. and they take many different forms, yeah. uh, I want you to notice that, that he could have prevaricated, he could have obfuscated, he could have simply said, oh, well, you know, this or that. He, he could have uh, questioned and accused them. He could have turned the tables right. and said, well, you know, uh, de- uh, attack is the best form of defense. Uh, and so he said, well, aren't you breaking the laws y- yourselves? After all, where's the man? This seemingly very well protected and very well connected man, yes, uh, yes. with whom this woman was caught in adultery. Where's Where's the guy? Where yeah, is where he? Was he? <laughs> um, now, or we could have said, well, uh, who exactly are the witnesses who saw this? Exactly. You know? Yeah, and and so he could have he could have debated the finer points of the law. He could have yeah. objected to them, even asking him to answer them. Yeah. What yeah, has yeah, he got yeah. to do with it? He could have exactly. easily have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I want you to notice that instead of being chiefly concerned. Mm. Uh, with their attempt to trap him, right? 
even as he is the one under the pump now, instead of accusing or debating or defending, he seeks instead to reconcile and to resolve. He seeks sure. instead to to be more concerned for the woman here, yes. the one who's been outcast and despised and reviled at their feet, who for some really at this point in time was an object yeah. uh, of lust, yes. and for others would have been an object of scorn and disdain. Either way, an object, right? by the way. Yes. You know, either way, a tool that's being used to their own ends. Mm. Um, not No longer seen as the, the beautiful daughter of God that she is. Wow. And Jesus, instead of falling into the ultimate trap of saying to defend himself yeah. or find a way out for himself, he speaks up for the now the ultimate defenseless. He speaks up for the third party yeah. uh, in this whole equation. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't know if that would be our, our first instinct, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, as I, you know, as I think about that story, um, yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, you must be prepared you must know exactly what you believe and where you stand on certain things otherwise that would have been quite a yeah quite a tough uh call tr- truly mm. quite a uh quite a question um if that makes sense because yeah like you said on one hand uh he could have been in trouble with uh, uh the government on another hand, he could also uh, be, be in trouble with the law of Moses, of which he was seeking to uphold the yes. um, the, the the beliefs of um, of uh, the uh, of the people of God, the Jewish community. Mm. And so, yeah, what a what a question! Well, what an amazing question! Yeah. A, a very well crafted question, a yes. crafty question. So, yeah. so Jesus um, he sees their cunning for what it is, but he doesn't call them out on it to start off with. <clears throat> Instead, uh, he tries both to uphold the law. And at the same time, to show compassion to a person who, uh, who has, uh, really, I guess, fallen foul yeah. of, uh, you know, because they have done the wrong thing when they That's should right. have done the right. Uh, and and so this is what happens next. Instead of defending himself, the Bible says this is again from John chapter eight, uh-huh. uh, and uh, now in verse six. And by the way, it says just prior to this, it says they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him, it's not about wow. her, in actual mm. fact. But but how how. Uh, Horrible, you know, yeah. To use her like they did to get at him. That's yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, it, it really is, isn't it? Um, and so often people will do this. You know, that they'll justify Correct. the end. Yes. Uh, so justify the means in order to yeah. reach their ends. That's right. Uh, but Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. Mm. And notice what they're doing. The the leaders of the day. Uh huh. They're so hell bent on justifying their position. Right. That they're still haranguing him. And harassing him. They kept on questioning him, the Bible says. And he straightened Mm. up and he said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. (laughs) And at this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman Still standing there. I'm going to pause wow. just there in the story, um, and it sort of raises all sorts of questions. You know, right. first of all, Jesus challenges them. He says that the one who's without sin, sin, be the first to cast a stone at her. Correct. And and the result is immediate, isn't it? Yes. So not yes. one of those accusers could, in good conscience, claim wow. you know, to be without sin. Mm-hmm. And so, hearing what Jesus said, they went away one after the other. But what on earth? Did Jesus write down on the ground? Yeah, I wonder too. <laughs> it's really interesting, right? What yeah. did he write down there on the ground? Yeah. Whatever he wrote, the purpose of that is clear. Yeah. The yeah. purpose of that was to be a, a, a 
line in the sand, you right. can say, yeah. uh, to as a form of defense for this defenseless woman mm. yeah. without condoning what she had done. He doesn't right. defend her to them. Yes. yes. And so he's not condoning what's happened. Right. But at the same time, he uh, he is, neither is he saying anything verbally to accuse them. Mm. And so Jesus yeah. is seeking actually to to resolve the issue right. and to reconcile matters, but for the benefit of everyone in yeah. that whole equation. Yeah, now that's that take, that take that's a tightrope if ever you it, it is, it is. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so this shows us how does Jesus see uh, illicit morality uh, or or immorality, uh-huh. shall we say? Yeah. Uh, in the first century Judea yeah. or in twenty first century Australia. He yeah. sees it just the same. Mm. He sees everyone on, on every side of, of, of a matter, right. and he wants to bring peace, he wants to bring forgiveness, he wants to bring grace, he wants to include everyone, <clears throat> but in a way that doesn't see any one of those people act in a way that is going to be destructive to them yes. or to another party. Wow. Like That's, these men have been so destructive towards this woman, yeah, and yeah. we're trying to be destructive towards him. and. This woman had obviously been caught in something where she was being destructive towards herself. Mm. Now, here's, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Whatever it was that Jesus wrote down, right. it made a difference. Oh, yes. And, and I remember asking a room full of uh, uh, people from another religion, uh-huh. uh, and uh, they, they'd never come across this uh, passage of the Bible. In fact, they probably never opened a Bible before. Right, right. Uh, what they thought that Jesus had written that day, and it's really important to note that none of them had any bit of preconception. And so one of them said, he wrote down their names. <laughs> okay, <laughs> That's a good one, right? He wrote down their yeah. names. Someone else said, well, he wrote down what really happened. Mm. Uh, and someone else, still another one, said, well, he wrote down the name of the man. right? And then someone else said, well, he wrote down a question, where is the man? <laughs> okay. um, and so all these are good answers, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because essentially what each one of these people is saying is that uh, these people, the, the accusers, they had a certain part of uh, uh, an eyewitness, mm. Uh, they had accusations, but Jesus is essentially writing down something that would indicate that he also knows what went on, yeah. that, that he's an eyewitness to, to, the, to the inner workings of yes. their thinking yes. and of what had actually occurred that day. Wow. Um, and, and look, all of them are good answers, but you know, it could well have been, been even the law of Moses itself mm. that Jesus wrote down. Yeah. Um, and, and just while we mention that, I just want to say this, even the law of Moses... Uh-huh which by that stage was one and a half thousand years before Jesus. Right. Right. So we're talking right. three and a half thousand years ago. Yes. Written at a time where societies at that, at that given juncture, yes. uh, were, they were still treating women as chattel. Yeah. They were, yeah. they were treating women as property. Oh. Right. Yeah. In their yeah. laws. Mm. Uh, but in the law of Moses, uh-huh. it was radically different. Wow. So even while these yeah. guys, we might think to ourselves, well, hey, they're using a law here which is <clears throat> aimed against women. Actually, no. Yeah, no. Because the law of Moses was uh, one that ought to have been applied equally. Wow, um, that's amazing. It, it was an equal opportunity yeah. law. Uh-huh. If you read carefully through the law of Moses, the, right. you know, the Torah, uh, the, the books of instruction there in the first five books of the Bible, uh-huh. it applied equally uh, to the man as well as to the woman when it came to matters of uh, immorality. Right. Uh, and, but, you know, it, um, it, it, it must be, um, you know, it must be that both of them were supposed to be brought forward, not one or the other. Everyone, in other words, was equally included and no one was unequally excluded, if that mm, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but what they'd done, uh-huh. even if you'd just written down the law itself, right. it probably would have been enough. Yes. Because they had already done wrong by the law. They'd only wow. brought the woman 
They hadn't brought both parties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so these men themselves were breaking the law. Hmm. Uh, and so they certainly weren't without sin. No wonder they walked away. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and this brings something else to mind when it comes to not being without sin. Because right. most likely uh, it was that what he wrote down was the secret, shameful sins uh, of their own histories wow. that were being written right Whoa. there. Yeah. yeah. There upon the ground. Uh-huh. You know, sins only that God himself could know. Wow. And suddenly they just didn't have a stomach for this anymore, right? No. Um, but I want you to notice that he writes it in the dust. Interesting. Right? The very yeah. place he could just as easily erase it soon after they'd left, mm. right? God doesn't write down our sins in stone. He right. writes his law in the stone, yes, yes, but he writes our sins in the dust wow. where it can be erased. Hey, that's a powerful message. That Isn't it? Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, for me, that's the takeaway message, really. Mm. Because regardless of where we're at today, our sins are written in the sand. Yes. Wow. Yes, they are. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and so, now get this, normally it was the um, designated duty yeah. you know, of the witnesses, or if if not, then the elders of the family or the village, that they must cast the first stone. Um but, you know, trembling with fear probably in case their own sins are found out and the hidden iniquities of their own life should be revealed, these men slip away. And so they start uh, with the elders first and then through the last. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes we revere people right. uh, who are the eldest amongst us. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, and the Bible says to do that. Yes, um, yes. You know, to, to honor the elderly mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's also true to say that not even the most senior wow. or revered members of our society, even the most powerful people in our society, Right, uh, or in our churches, for that matter, yeah. are blameless or without sin, because the Bible makes it really clear: all yes. of us have done wrong. Yes, yeah, we've all sinned, yes. and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans correct. three, verse twenty-three, right? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, the truth of the matter is that none of us would have had the right to have cast that first stone. Wow, yeah, we might have to stop it right there, uh, Pastor Hugh. It is powerful. It is amazing. Mm. You know, friends, we've got a wonderful giveaway book. Written by Derek J. Morris, The Radical Teachings of Jesus. Oh, friends, it, some of these powerful uh, 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 stories and the ways in which Jesus taught and dealt with complex questions and some of the most profound, life-transforming messages that he taught uh, are written down in this little book by uh, Derek, The Radical Teachings of Jesus. And this can be yours today. If you're interested in getting uh, this free giveaway, all you have to do is send once again this following code word, SA136. That is SA, the abbreviation for South Australia, and 136. And the Faith FM giveaway about to reply, asking for the necessary details so we can actually uh, mail this out to you. So, once again, you really want to get uh, yourself a copy of the Radical Teachings of Jesus. The number, once again, to uh, 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 send that code word to is the number uh, 04888880. 11 048 Friends, that can be yours. Let's just come to a short break with one song and then we'll be right back. Uh, and so we will then uh, conclude. But this is profound. Stay with us. And here is the song, I Am Forgiven. Enjoy the song. And it is written and sung by Simeon. We'll be right back. The path we choose I've tried but failed to walk in someone else's shoes 
Listening to Faith FM Draft Time Big Q and A with Fabiano here in the studio, as well as our co-host Pastor Hugh Heenan, and he's been uh, sharing with us on the following topic: How did Christ view illicit morality? Under the theme which we've been covering throughout this week, the church, the family, and morality in a post-biblical world. So, Pastor Hugh, you were just sharing how uh, Jesus uh, wrought the sins uh, 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 of the people or maybe wrought the account of or the account of what really took place and wrote mm-hmm. something whatever it is that he wrote that yes. made people both senior young and old those were there truly all recognized and were convicted that they are not any better mm. and it's what's marvelous about these stories that Jesus did not condone the, the sin, mm-hmm. nor did he condemn the sinner, mm-hmm. and he was able to just make that um, 
handle this situation in a way that it satisfies both the justice of God and the mercy of God. What an amazing uh, uh, story that is, mm. really, about how Jesus responded to illicit morality. Mm. Yes, and, and really it is an example of what it means to be, you know, in, even in the midst of the pressure cooker, right. uh, what it means to be someone who, uh, filled with, with the love of God right. for us as sinners, and in this case, the sinless one himself, yes. um, was able to, to stand and to really to... Uh, with the confidence of the righteous, of yeah. those who know they're doing the right thing, mm. speak with compassion for those who've fallen. Uh, and, and so how does Jesus see uh, you know, wrongdoing? How does Jesus yeah. see immorality uh, in the 21st century or today yeah. in Australia? The same way he did back there in the first century of Judea. Mm. Now, notice again um, that uh, how, he, how he deals with this situation. You know, none of us, uh-huh. as we were saying before the break, none of us would have had the right to cast that first stone. Correct. Um, <clears throat> Jesus alone could have cast that first stone. He had every yeah. right to. Only the Lord of life truly has the right yeah. to take the life that he gave. Um, and now it's before Jesus alone that the accused is standing. Right, This yeah. woman is standing there. Um, and, and so get this. This then is a test case of what uh, it will be like uh, to stand before the judgment seat of God. Wow. Uh, you know, as uh, you know, one by one, uh, those who were accusing her, they leave, they exit the scene, uh, unwilling to face their wrongs. They leave, so they, you know, they excluded themselves just as they, just as they had sought to exclude her a few moments before. Yeah. They exclude themselves and they miss out on what comes next. You know, if we're so caught up in accusing other people rather than yeah. acknowledging that we're the most powerful or whether the the least powerful or yeah. whether the oldest or the youngest or whatever the case may be, right. Whichever segment of society we come from, yeah. uh, that uh, if we're so bent on accusing others and pointing the fingers at them, then we miss out on the best that's yet to come next. Yes, uh, because it's only for those who acknowledge right. that, uh, hey, look, you know, I, I've fallen short. Correct. That, that the next uh, part of the story comes. Because what does Jesus do? Look at this; it's so beautiful. The last two verses of this story are as follows. So, verses ten and eleven say this: that Jesus straightened up, and he asked her, "Woman." Where are they? Has no one condemned you? Yeah. No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Mm. Go now and leave your life of sin. And so so this is where Jesus ends. Oh, mm. right. Oh, yeah. you, you really caught my attention. Leave your life of sin. I almost thought... What do you mean? There isn't he? <laughs> I almost, I almost thought you, you're, you're saying there that uh, he was, you know, commending her, you know, to continue in that life. But obviously, that's not what. Oh, did you think <laughs> I said lead rather than leave your life of sin? Okay, <laughs> okay, no, no, Jesus did not say that. He didn't leave her where she was. All right. Yeah, he, he didn't leave her in the dust of the earth. Mm. Uh, in fact, if anything, uh-huh. uh, there's a role reversal here. Yeah. Because I want you to notice that uh, that. In what we've just read, that she's still standing there, mm. right? Yeah. Um, still standing after yeah. all that has been thrown at her. You know, the men threw her into the dust of the earth, yes. and she may may just as well have been under a pile of rocks by this stage if they'd had their way. Yeah. Um, but in the presence of Jesus, it's Jesus who stoops down into the dust of the earth so that she can stand up and leave. Wow. Right? So there's a complete role reversal here. Jesus stands in her place. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> so he's a, her defender now. Um, and uh, certainly also, he's probably the first to even look her in the eye. Mm. And, and what's most sure, most sure and certain, I'd have to say, is that uh, he's the first one, the only one in this story, who actually cares enough to hear what she has to say. Wow. No one else did. Quite amazing. Um, and, and in the basis of this, Jesus declares two things. He says, neither do I condemn you, first of all. Right. And this is really what Jesus is all about. 
He has the right to condemn. Oh, yes. But his whole purpose is, as John 3.16 points out, for yes. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, Correct. that whosoever believes in him will not perish, yes. but shall have everlasting life. Amen. And then in verse 17 it goes on, for yes. the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus, yes. the Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but to right. save the world through him. Mm. He didn't come to condemn. Right. And that's why he says, neither do I condemn you as yes. well. In fact, he took our place, he died our death, so that through him we can be saved. Wonderful. Um, and, and so there's, there's so many settings in life really where people are just itching to point the finger at someone else, yes. right? Yes. Uh, and to take the spotlight for themselves or off themselves, mm. <laughs> you could say. Wow. Um, you know, and so when we've experienced that, when we've had someone else's uh, been, been their whipping horse or we've been you know, their collective scapegoat, um, we know what that's like. Yes. Uh, but here uh, with Jesus, um, <clears throat> when we come to him, we find that we're not being condemned. You know, there's enough of that already in the world, but instead uh, he comes to help, to save, to love, and to redeem. And so Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Um, so put simply, he was excluded so that we can be included. He's cast out so that we can, uh, that we wouldn't have to have stones cast at us, so that we can be included. And he took our cross, he took our pain, he took our shame. He was stripped Beautiful. naked and nailed. You know, just, just like this woman would have been partly undressed by this stage, probably by these men who'd been accusing her. Um, <clears throat> Jesus was ultimately stripped naked and nailed upon that cross so that she and we really can go free. The second thing he said there, though, was that go now and leave your life of sin. And so instead of a life of sin, he offers us the life of the saved. He doesn't leave us where we were. He, ta- he takes us onto a, a, a better path. Mm. Uh, and, and so those who, for those who don't conceal their sin but confess it, who stop doing what's wrong and start doing what's right, they are able to receive of the grace of God. Wonderful. Uh, or by his grace, rather, that, that we are dusted off and helped back up on our feet. Uh, and so, um, really, God is saying to us that uh, he's far more interested in our repentance uh, and a change and a turnaround in our life yes. that will bless us rather than our reputations. Because if it's our reputation that we're focused on, it's not going to save us like those men. Correct. Um, but... By the grace of God, our repentance will. <clears throat> yeah, and God will say, you know, look, uh, um, because after all, you know, re- reputation is all about who's in and who's out. Uh, but repentance reveals that we've all gone astray, and by God's grace, we're all welcome home. Uh, and so Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go now and leave your life of sin. Wonderful. Uh, and so in other words, it's time, really, Jesus is saying here, he's offering a new life yes. right now. Um, and it's an offer that's open to everybody, you know, both accusers and accused. Get that now. Yeah. It's, it's open to accusers and accused, if we're that's willing right. to stay around and listen and to hear uh, what he has to offer. Um, and um, it's a, really a miracle of a life made new, of, of the wiping away of all that's come before, written in the dust of our life, um, by the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. And that's what he has to offer uh, to us. And uh, so, yeah, look, I, I would really uh, encourage us to to consider when Jesus looks at uh, morality, <clears throat> he looks at it through the lens of saying, I'm here to um, uh, not to uh, uphold what's wrong, but to, uh, with compassion, help bring healing to those who've been wronged, who've wronged themselves and wronged others, and also to, uh, uh, to lead us away from sin and immorality and into a life that's so much the better. Um, yeah, to to lift us up out of the dust, and to and to have us uh, uh, walk with him in victory. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Wow, what an amazing, powerful lesson that is. And I wish we had more time. Mm-hmm. But dear friends, uh, regardless of where you find yourself, God's hand is you know stretched out 
And from this lesson alone, I pray and hope that you have found the arms of Jesus wide open. May God bless you. And uh, once again, do send us that code word, SA136. If you want to get hold of that free giveaway, the radical teachings of Jesus. May God bless you. And until we meet again, have a blessed evening and a blessed night. Thank you very much. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Sometimes I think I have to be perfect for God to use me. I think I have to know it all, never stumble, never fall. I focus on all my inadequacies. Instead of what Christ can do through me I forget to trust and I can't quite see That God doesn't call the qualified He qualifies the call And He'll supply your every need We choose to give Him all You can be too big for God to use You'll never be too small Cause God doesn't call the qualified He qualifies His called There is no one too young to serve No one too old No clay too hardened For our Father too For you that no one else can fill, and He will give you what you need when you choose to do His will. Cause God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called, and He'll supply your every need. We choose to give Him all. But you'll never be too small Cause God doesn't call the qualified He qualifies His called So don't hinder God With what you say you can't do Just be willing And ready to be Doesn't call the qualified.